This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Proverbs 22, verse 1 says it this way. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. This is a verse that I pray over my life on a regular basis. The most valuable thing we have in our life is our name and our reputation. And I want you to hold that in your heart. Because when we talk about slander, slander is something that affects the very core of who we are. Let's pray together. God, I know that you want to speak today. There's just no doubt about that. You desire to speak to your people. And Lord, I ask that what you want to say would be really clear today. And God, that we would adjust our life and our behavior according to your values and your word and what you're saying, God. That we would follow you. We wouldn't follow our own way. But Lord, we would be open to everything you have to say to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have a hobby that I doubt many of you share with me. The hobby is this. I love to listen to preaching. Most of you... You know, you probably listen to preaching on Sundays, maybe Wednesday, and it's good and beneficial and all that. But it's probably not something you do for recreational value. Uh, I've been preaching myself for well over 20 years now. The advantage of starting to preach at a young age was this. For the first decade, almost everyone thought it was my first sermon. So I've had dozens of people tell me, I was there when you had your first sermon. And so... I just kind of agree and say, yeah, yeah, that was great then. It just takes too long to explain that I started doing this very early on. So I listen to a lot of preaching and I analyze preaching and I talk about preaching. And I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues one time and the name of a preacher that I enjoyed listening to came up. We're just going to call this guy Pastor Doe for Pastor John Doe. And his name came up. I enjoyed listening to this guy. I mentioned that. My colleague responded this way. He went, oh, you like Pastor Doe? Immediately, his reaction caught my attention. I was curious. Because with his tone of voice and his facial expressions, he communicated something very clearly. I went on to ask him, "What? yeah, I like Pastor John Doe. What do you think of him? And immediately he said, I don't like John Doe. And here's the reason why. He said, I think Pastor John Doe is only in it for the money. I think that's his motivation. He went on then to begin to describe some technical things that John Doe did when he preached that I had never really observed before. In fact, they were true things, but I had never really noticed them before. And I want to be completely transparent about something. Even though this John Doe character, I enjoyed his preaching for many years. Do you know that after that conversation, I never enjoyed listening to him again? Now, I'll tell you that because when we talk about slander, I want you to write down a definition of what slander is. Slander is all about your motivation and your intention. Here's what slander is. You can write this down on the, in the bulletin. Slander is malicious talk. Intended to damage or destroy another person. To defame. 
That's what slander is. Now, I want to make this disclaimer. I want to be very clear about this. This does not mean that analysis is wrong. Or giving your opinion is wrong. Or having a preference is wrong. None of those things in and of themselves are wrong. It's all about what is your intention? What is your motivation when you say what you say about somebody else? Let me break down this conversation I had several years ago with you a little further. The conversation started off and my colleague said, oh, you like John Doe? Do you know that you can start to slander somebody without even saying anything? You can slander someone with the tone of voice you have and with the vibe you get off, give off with a facial expression. Now, I'm going to use as an example the safest target in this room, which is my lovely wife, Beth. See, that's part of the job description of being a pastor's wife. You become a perpetual sermon illustration. If you were to come to me and you were to ask me, what's it like being married to Beth? And if my response was something like this, good. Now, the content of what I said was positive. I said it was a good thing being married to Beth. But I communicated something very clearly by my delayed reaction and my tone of voice. Good. I communicated very clearly how I felt about her. Now, the truth is this. If you were to come and ask me, what's it like being married to Beth? My response would be and should be great. It's awesome. I love it. I'm lucky to be married to her. So immediately with this dialogue with my friend, my colleague, with his tone of voice, with how he said something, he immediately piqued my curiosity and I knew he didn't like him. When the conversation went on, I said, well, what do you think about Pastor John Doe? And he said, well, I don't like him. So I knew right then that he was belligerent. And when you're belligerent towards someone, you're always going to see the worst in them. You're going to see the negative in him. Then my colleague did something that you and I do commonly. He judged the motive of Pastor John Doe. Without fact, without information, he just said, I think he's in it for the money. And he didn't, have, he didn't have a copy of his expense receipts here. He didn't have uh, a salary to give me. He didn't have an IRS audit or report. He just said, I think he's in it for the money. And all of a sudden, he was now saying, I am opposed to this person. I'm judging his motivation. And then the last thing he did is he began to share technicalities of this man's preaching, which were true. And I want you to understand something. The things he pointed out. We're not wrong and we're not a lie. I had just never seen them before under a negative presentation. And so you can take truth and package it in negativity and ill will and slander someone. And I was never the same since then. It all goes back to the intention of the heart. 
It all goes back to what are you trying to do? Are you trying to elevate someone? Are you trying to encourage? Are you trying to speak well? Or are you trying to defame someone? Are you trying to attack the reputation? Are you trying to diminish the eye, in the eyes of the other person, the person you're slandering? It's all about your heart and the intention. I don't know if you've ever seen someone who was being physically beaten. But it is one of the most gut-wrenching experiences. I know movies and TV, we like to think that we've been desensitized to violence. But if you ever see someone who's actually being physically beaten, it is sickening. And back in the college era, I was with some of my buddies driving down the road, and we saw a man beating a woman. And by the time we turned the car back around, it was in a public area, and we got back to where they were. He was gone. But I'll never forget that sick feeling I had to see someone physically assaulted. I think that's why one of the most powerful images you and I experience through the media is when there's a release of a tape of a policeman beating another citizen or a lot of these international incidents where the military is beating citizens, people that are just like you and me, and we see them beaten. And it just it causes something in our hearts to recoil because it's so wrong. Even though you may have experienced that at some level occasionally, one thing you don't realize and I don't realize is that every single day with our words, with other people's words that we hear, we are seeing an assault on the essence of who someone is. Here's the first thing I want you to write down. Why is slander dangerous? Because slander is an assault on the essence of a person. See, a physical beating, and I don't want to diminish that at all, especially if you're in an abusive situation. A, a physical beating is so physical, and you can see it, and you can see the scars, and you can see the bruises, and you can also see the healing. But a verbal assault causes unseen damage to our emotions and spirits and often we don't see the healing. We don't even realize how much damage either we've received or how much damage we've given. And we don't realize that when we're careless with our words or when we question people's motives or when we question their intent or we try to defame them or we try to attack them verbally that we are actually assaulting the essence of who they are. Proverbs 22.1, we've already read it, but let's look at it again. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. When you slander someone and you're trying to make someone else look bad, and you, your intention is to defame them, you're attacking who they are. You're attacking them to the core of their beings. And that's why we have no idea the words our mouth, uh, the, the damage our mouth can do. Proverbs is very clear in chapter 11, verse 9. says it again. It says, With his mouth, the godless destroys his neighbor. With his mouth, the godless destroys his neighbor. We all know this, that if you are falsely accused, even though thankfully we're in a nation where, where we can try to defend our name and we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, you and I know that if you're falsely accused, 
it taints your reputation for many, many years. You know, the accusation is on the front page and the correction is buried on the back page. And I'm not just talking about the newspaper. I'm talking about our hearts too. We know that a false accusation can be so damaging. A lie can be so damaging it can destroy. I don't know what it is about us. Actually, I do know what it is about us. It's our sinful nature. There's something about us that just loves to pry details out of people's lives. And we love to publish them. There's something about us that desires to know about the worst in someone. And when we can find out information about the worst in someone, and then we can communicate that, it gives us this sense of false power. And here we are, using our mouth, using our motives, using our, our attitudes to defame someone, to slander them. When we do that, we're operating in a way God doesn't want us to be. That's why Proverbs chapter 16, verse 27 and 28 says it this way, A scoundrel plots evil. And his speech is like a scorching fire. This is Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. And verse 28 says this. A perverse man stirs up dissension. And a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 16, 27 and 28. Now I live about two miles from the church. And my kids... They go, their schools are about two houses, excuse me, two miles from our house. So basically my whole life exists within two square miles, which is very convenient, very nice, and it's a blessing. So I often, to avoid the highway, I have a couple of back roads that I take. And these back roads help me avoid the congestion of the highway and so forth. And, and I've been known, you know, maybe to exceed the speed limit by a mile or two or ten Something like that, because I'm so deeply in prayer for you guys, and I want to get to work as fast as I can. Sure enough, about a year ago, I'm in one of those back roads, and I look in my rearview mirror, and I see the police signals of the Hendersonville PD. They pull me over, and I'm thinking in my mind, this is not a big deal. It's not a big deal, Aaron. You haven't murdered anybody. You haven't robbed a bank. This is not a big deal at all. Once I saw how much tickets were in Hendersonville, it became a big deal. But at the time, I'm thinking, not a big deal. But here's the truth. Yes, compared to the sins I mentioned, you're right. It's not a big deal. But that still makes me a lawbreaker. I broke the law. See, spiritually... We're the same way. Some of us might have a certain type of adoption of Christian behavior, and that's a good thing. We, we're able to modify our behavior and follow the Christian culture, which is a good culture to follow. But when we slander, we forget that it truly is a sin. In fact, you can write this down. Here's number two is this, is when we slander, we break the ninth commandment. Jesus, excuse me, God gave ten commandments. It was not the only commandments He gave, but they were summary commandments that said, these are the, the ten that really will show your heart and, and that you need to focus on. And all of those ten commandments showed us our sinfulness. 
And in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, when those commandments were listed, he said, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not slander them. You shall not saying you should not question their motives. You should not try to defame them. You should not try to make them look bad to somebody else. That's not your job. And when we realize that slander is a big deal, that's what the Scripture is trying to tell us. We have these kind of cute, cuddly sins that we think, well, it's just part of who I am. It's just the way things are. It's just our culture. It's acceptable. But in God's eyes, slander is not acceptable. It's breaking one of His Ten Commandments. And yet, I have done it more times that I would want you to know. And I know that you have done it. And I know every single one of us has participated in slander. And that's why we go back to the cross. And that's why we go to the table of the Lord. That's why we go back to Jesus. Because He paid the price for your slander. He paid the price for my slander. And when Jesus cleanses us and makes us pure and makes us holy, He also gives us power to not live that way again. Back in the last decade, there was this TV show uh, with Jennifer Gardner in it called Alias. How many in here remember Alias? This girl was in her 20s and she did these amazing things. Uh, would do super feats for a human being, basically. Working for the CIA. The Central Intelligence Agency recruited her out of college and she did these amazing things, and Beth would watch the show, and so I started watching the show too. Uh, and as we saw the plot develop and time develop, there was one particular episode where both the viewers discovered alongside the main character that this girl who thought she was working for the CIA actually was working for the enemy. It was an alternative group called SD6. She worked for the enemy. And when she found out this information, she was just so shocked and could not believe it. Because she thought she was doing something good, but she was actually working for the enemy. Do you know sometimes that's how we are with slander? Because slander has a power to it. We think that when we are using slander, it can actually be beneficial to us. And it can be beneficial to others. And so we take a power in our hands that doesn't really belong to us anyway. It's God's job to expose people's motives. It's God's job to put relationships in order, out of order. It's not our job. So just like this character in Alias, we think we're working for the right side. But when we operate in slander, we're actually working for the enemy. Here's the third thing I want you to write down. Is this. That to slander is to operate in Satan's strategy. Slander is to operate in Satan's strategy. I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 12. While you're turning there, later on this afternoon, you're going to want to go read Job chapter 1. 
Job chapter 1 is the oldest book in the Bible. Job's the oldest book in the Bible. And we get insight there of Satan's relationship to God. Satan, who is always subservient to God, though, appeared to God. And he said, what about Job? He slandered Job. He questioned his motives. He said, what about Job? Job has all your blessings. But if you remove your hand, he'll curse you, God. And God, who knew Job's motives and hearts, allowed calamity to come to Job's life. But at the end, everything was restored to Job with more. But we learn there that Satan is an accuser. And he's accusing our motives all the time. And he's slandering us. At the end of Revelation, or at the end of the uh, end of time, Revelation reveals what's going to happen at the end of time. In this beautiful song, Revelation 12:10, John wrote this down. He said, "Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ." Now look at this in verse 10 of Revelation 12. For the accuser of our brothers, who accused them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. That's talking about Satan. That's talking about the enemy of your soul who accuses you. He's always, always slandering your name. Can I just let you know this is that if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to be slandered by the world. People are going to judge your motives. They're going to judge your intention. They're, They're going to call you names. Can I tell you that this church is going to be slandered? Church leadership is going to be slandered. But Jesus was slandered. They slandered Jesus. They called him a drunk. They called him a blasphemer. They called him demon-possessed. They called him rebellious. They called him a a political insurrectionist. They called him everything. They judged his words, even the things that were true about Jesus. They twisted them and they slandered him. So why would you and I want to operate in the language of Satan? When we begin to slander people, we are stepping in to the same spirit that Satan wants us to operate in. We're stepping into his strategy. We're stepping into his trap. Because that's who he is. He's the accuser. Can we just lay aside slander? Instead, pick the more excellent way. The way the Lord would want us to have. I want to share three passages with you as we come to a closing. Titus chapter 3. Verse 1 and 2 says this, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, to do whatever is good. Now look at verse 2. To slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 says it this way, Get rid of, I like that word, Get rid of all bitterness. Rage and anger, brawling, and there's a word we're talking about today, and slander, along with every form of malice. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 15, wrote this psalm. This is before our covenant with Christ Jesus. But the truth is still so clear. It says, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous who speaks the truth from his heart. Now look at verse 3. And has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong, and casts no slur on his fellow man. Would you stand with me? This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.